We love supporting and promoting the creators of musical theater throughout the world. And we would love to have your support as well. Go to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button because a supportive community is a strong community. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theater Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanov. Let me ask you, listeners, do you ever feel you just need to sing some great musical theater pieces, but just don't have a place to do it outside of your bathroom? Well, if you are in Toronto, our next guest hosts a monthly musical theater open mic party for performers of all levels and experience and get to sing with live musicians. To tell us more about the Singular Sensation Musical Theater Open Mic Party, I'd like to welcome to the program, Jenny Walls. Jenny, hello! That was the best intro ever! Can I <laughs> license that and like use it everywhere? That was amazing! It is Thank all you. yours! Amazing! <laughs> and that's why I'm poor and have no money because I just give things away. Because you won't let us give you any. All right, we'll talk about that. We'll work on that. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So before we get into uh, the singular sensation and all that, I always want to get to know our guests a little bit better. So I'd like a 30-second bio. So who is Jenny in 30 seconds? Oh, my God. So you just asked an impersonator who she is. (laughs) It depends on the day. Um, No, so uh, I'm originally from a small town. Uh, and went to Sheridan College for musical theater, moved to Toronto, immediately started touring as an impressionist and uh, moved into musical theater. Um, but I always loved hosting uh, shows. I did it in my hometown. I like staged a, a festival and a talent show because they were crazy and let me do it because there's nothing else to do. Um, so I've had designs for the stage for years. Um well, so I did, uh, I started doing theater in Toronto. I started at Heart House uh, doing the Canadian premiere of Reefer Madness, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing. And then, yeah, I toured as uh, Hannah Montana <laughs> and Lady Gaga, the, the fake ones, and uh, started getting into voice acting. Um, I now am the voice for the Family Channel. And I'm also a vocal coach. And I do some design work. I started doing work as a wig stylist and uh, I direct as well. Uh, And I'm directing a new show. Uh, It's not a new show. It's an old show. New for me directing uh, in the new year. And I'm very passionate about uh, working with people in a, in a very like humane, authentic way. That's not based on like what you've done, who, you know, what you look like, you know, what you've done in the past, but like, who are you and what do you bring now? Um, because I think we need more humanity and in, in the world, period. Um, I think that's everything. That was very inarticulately word saladed, but that's kind of <laughs> perfect for me, actually, because that's very much. <laughs> it, it was a little more than 30 seconds, but I'll allow it. Because if I did cut it at 30 seconds, it would have been like, and I was, and I'm Lady Gaga and Hannah Montana. And then they would just think you were that because I'd have to cut it right after that. So. I'm okay with that. I yeah, think. that'd be okay too. They might not be, but. <laughs> They're not listening right now. They're they fine. That's <laughs> what you think. They could be. They could. That's true. <laughs> they haven't told me they are, obviously, because I talk to them all the time. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's take it back. Were you always into musical theater growing up, or is that something you discovered a little later in life? Oh, no. I was, yeah, ever since the I discovered Phantom of the Opera when I was, I think, in grade one, 
Um, and like, it was, I, I will now we would call it like a hyper fixation, but I was like obsessed with it. I don't know what it was about it. I think it was the fact that Christine Dye had amazing hair. Um, but yeah, Phantom was my first one. I made my mom buy my, um, first communion dress a year early because I wanted to dress like Christine when we went to see it in <laughs> Toronto, which was a Christmas present. Um, but I always grew up around music, like Fred Penner, Sharon Lois and Bram. I was always right in front of the TV. I got so excited when Fred Penner saying the cat came back. I think it was like three that I started crying because I was so overwhelmed. Fast forward 30 years and he came to a singular sensation and saying the cat came back and I Wow. Like I was three years old again. Um, but it's always, yeah, music, performance, whether it was like musical theater or like children's entertainers, there was always music um in my house and around. Um, but yeah, just something about musical theater I have always felt connected to just because of I don't know, the 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 invitation to become somebody else was always appealing. Um and then singing. Singing is the one constant thing that's been through my entire life so I'm sure there's something deeply psychological about it but in short the answer is yes always <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you you missed the uh the Canadian triumphant if you had you mentioned Sharon Wilson Bram Fred Penner if you had mentioned Mr. Dress Up you would have hit them all I saw him too I did <laughs> he was there Eric Nagler Mr. Dress Up oh yeah truffle how many people in the world oh have God. no idea what we're talking about I that's know okay. that's well okay. you better learn that's Canadian yep. history right there <laughs> and I think I love truffles the puppet who I ended up meeting the puppeteer really? she was a, a a friend I met it was his mom mm -hmm. uh because truffles looked like my popple <laughs> and I was like I know her <laughs> any bit of familiarity in the, in the world I just I clung to which I'm sure says something about me but that's the brilliance of art it's yes. so subjective <laughs> I'm always curious I know you went you went into musical theater obviously and we'll talk about that a little bit uh was there anything else you ever want to go into I'm always curious if there's a profession that you go if I didn't go into musical theater I would have done this you know I applied for broadcasting because I did my co-op at the TV station because I always liked, I like talking to people, you know, that's why it was so cool about the pandemic when we took singular online, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but just having conversations with people um, I always enjoyed and getting to kind of spotlight and celebrate other people, probably because I don't know if it was because that's what I wanted. Like I wanted to tell my story and share things. So I wanted to give other people the same opportunity. Um, but in, in retrospect, um, I, I didn't realize until like lately, like design, like interior design or architecture, um, probably are close second and third. Uh, but <laughs> music came, came naturally to me. And I think I was kind of a lazy kid. So I went with it because I was naturally talented. Yeah. Um, but I did. Yeah. I applied to broadcasting and I got in, but then Sheridan was like broadcasting. Why do you want to do broadcasting? That's a very accurate um, impression, by the way. Was that Rod? Um, that was, no, that was Greg. Oh, Greg. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, cause I'm good at it and I like it. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was TV and radio broadcasting. Actually, my sister's in, in works in radio. She's a radio producer and, and broadcaster as well. Um, but yeah, like, I think I could have built some like sick buildings hmm. if I hadn't gone into that, um, which I guess I still could, but, yeah. uh, those are the top, the top ones, but I would have had to have tried a bit harder, which I clearly was not interested in at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so what years were you at Sheridan? 
rude. I'm just kidding. Uh, the <laughs> early aughts. <laughs> so just after me then. The early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, because I graduated in 96 from Sheridan. Okay, yeah, not not too long after well, Not that. too long after I won't that. tell you the grade I was in in 1996. Uh that's okay you don't have to <laughs> irrelevant um yeah me, was I, I met york and they're all like 19 and 20 so i'm like their dad <laughs> so well, I'm, I'm a very short person so i just pretend i'm same. <laughs> um yeah the the program i did in that kind of incarnation of it and the accreditation for it doesn't even exist anymore like it's the whole other thing and i was like well yep i don't know that's <laughs> a good thing I'm already working because I don't know if it depended on on the paperwork I I don't know what I'd be doing <laughs> yeah I'd be curious if I could even get in now <laughs> like with oh my... I tr I can't even open that door yeah my we'll dance would have held me out for sure but oh well that's okay um so <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about uh singular sensation right what was the impetus to start that in the first place well, Singular Sensation is actually part of like a dynasty of open mics in Toronto, um, dating back to like when it was at the Limelight, which was then mm. mysteriously yours, which is now it's called the med the medley, which is like Young and Eglinton. And I think like Charlotte Moore was one of the hosts and there was like a, a number of people. Um, how I was introduced to it, it was called Curtains Down, hosted by the fabulous Jenny Burke. And that was at Statler's on Church Street. And then it moved because Statler's had this pattern of it would, it would open, it would close, it would turn owners, and then it would turn back to Statler's. So everything kind of shifted every few years um, because that's Church Street and that's real estate in Toronto. Yep. Um, so I, I learned about it when Jenny was hosting. And then it changed ownership again at Statler's. And Jenny had moved on and has constant, like has not stopped working in theater, um, which has been thrilling to watch. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the pianist, one of the pianists, Donovan Lenabit, uh, they asked him like, we wanna do the open mic again, who should we get to host? He was like, why don't you ask this broad? She's, you know, nuts. Uh, so I was like, yeah. yeah. It, and it felt like a real, you know, honor um, to to kind of pick up and, and bring the show back. So that's kind of how it happened. I can't take any credit for it in its, in its, you know, infancy there. I mean, 12 years later, uh, we've, we've come a long way. And, and there was a moment where I, I remember making the conscious decision, this could be a gig or this could be like a vocation and we could do something really special with it and make this, you know, a hub for the community where we really like celebrate shows that are happening and connect people and make it a place where people know if I go to this place, I can go by myself. I'll find people that I know. We've had people meet, date, get married, open shows together, build companies together. Um, and, and it's been so cool. We have tours that would come in and hang out on their night off. One time I, you know, we had Mufasa from the Lion King and he just got up and sang and was super, they're the ones, the quiet ones that you're like, oh, you're in a, okay. Uh, and he got up and sang and, oh, he asked me to sing with him. And I was like, oh, he's nervous. It's his first time. It's Mufasa from the Lion King. <laughs> he opened his mouth to sing and I was like, <laughs> it was wild. And that's, and I think that's, that really says something about the show when you can be surprised and excited by your own show and it was weekly 
for seven years, which wow. looking back is insane. I don't yeah. know how I did. I was, I was younger then. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we, we partnered with a lot of different theater companies because it started to kind of the word of the show kind of got around and we were associated with, you know, we host a fun party and we were brought in to do stuff with the fringe and with pride and different companies. We had casts come in from, you know, anything from U of T to musical stage company to Mervish. We give away tickets, which we still do. I buy a couple pairs of tickets nice. every show, uh, which is monthly now um, to make it accessible. Cause that's kind of the, the goal is to make it, you know, an equal playing field. I like to say when you walk in the door, everyone's kind of on the same on the same level. Whether you've been on Broadway or yeah. you've never sung on a stage before, everybody's kind of just people in a place that love musical theater or the musical theater culture. Some people come every month that don't sing; they just come and watch, and it's. It's amazing. And it's been really wild to kind of watch it in all its incarnations through like 12 years, which is just crazy. And I actually really enjoyed putting kind of the history of the show together to send you because it really gave me the opportunity to take stock mm -hmm. of, of where we've come from and what we've done, which I think we can lose sight of because it's such a, you know, it's a competitive field and it's really cutthroat and we get caught up in the kind of race of it all and we forget to look back at what we have done because we're so focused on what we want to do or what we haven't done or what we're not booking or whatever. Cause it, it is, you know, it's competitive. Yep. Tough. So, you know, we were talking earlier about taking the wins where you can get them. So we try to make singular a win um, for people and it seems to be working. <laughs> that's, that's one of the problems with our businesses. We, th we, we've turned it into a competitive thing when it, when it honestly isn't because you don't have control over it's not like a sport game where you know, you're actually playing against somebody because if you and I are auditioning for the same part we can only do what we can do and because the outcome is decided by somebody else it, yeah it, yeah mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate that we go you know I gotta beat this person no you don't beat that person you just happen for lack of a better you just happen to fit at that moment and yeah well I think I agree with you and I think a lot of it goes back to the training and the culture of of theater schools which I think is is changing you know some of my friends and colleagues are now working within those institutions and really changing mm -hmm. the approach um because I remember well I mean we went to the same school and I just they they would put you against each other from the beginning they're like look around you only half of you will be here and it's like well I got to be one of the ones that make it I can't be one you know and so like immediately you're kind of under that pressure cooker of of needing to achieve it's not it's not you know welcome we're going to teach you some things learn what you can and whatever which is now how I teach because yeah. that's not how I was taught um and it's and it's tough it's tough. So I think it's a lot of that goes back to the to the training and the culture of of theater schools and, and they put you against each other and then they put schools against each other. And when really it's just it's it, we take it so seriously. <laughs> yeah. Do they think about what we think actually we're do? <laughs> like... Yeah. Oh, if we were to like, <laughs> I just feel like a bunch of music theater people talking to like a 
you know, firm of lawyers. It's like people's yeah. lives are at stake or like a brain surgeon's like people's <laughs> lives are at stake. We're like, I'm doing like this. And, uh, but that's, I mean, A, it's a sign that you're really passionate about what you do and what you do is important. But I think we can lose sight of the fact that there has to be some fun in it. It's called a play, right? We have to remember that we're we're being paid to pretend at the end of the day. And you can only take it so seriously because it'll it'll drive you crazy, which is when, you know, you see people just get swallowed by ways of coping with the competitiveness or, you know, we could talk forever about the toxic culture of theater school and how it kind of bleeds into the to the industry. But I think I think there's a real change. There's been a real change for the past few years. And as I see my contemporaries, like, like I said, moving into those systems and and kind of saying, no, I'm not doing it that way. I didn't like that being done to me. I want to do it differently, yeah. um, which really gives me hope. And it makes me really excited for people um, that are coming in. And I directed like two shows with U of T. I did one this summer at a music camp that was like, I think they were eight to 18, which is nuts. And uh, I'm directing a show at St. Lawrence College in the new year. And I love, and I pri- I do private coaching as well. And I just, I love working with young actors because it's it's an opportunity to just empower them and fill them with confidence and the belief that like the world is theirs if they want it. And it's just about doing the best you can yep. and accepting that and being proud of that rather than, oh, I didn't get it. or oh, I didn't do it. It's like, uh, I did this and this is what, you know, back to taking the wins. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. And that's why I love being at York uh, with a, it's with, I'm with Vanier college productions, which is a, not a, not a theater course or anything like that. It's open to anybody in the school, which makes it even more exciting because you can get environmental studies students and, mm. and business students and they bring a whole different dynamic and, and working with them. And I, I love, I always tell them at the end, I always, for all my shows with them, we all bow together. There is no one person that's separate because you know what? We didn't invite the stage manager on stage. They did just as much, right? So we're all equal, treat everyone the same. And, yeah, yeah. One can't exist without the other. It really is. And, and that's what I tell people. I do audition workshops um, and coachings. And I say, you know, everybody is a is a part of a bigger machine and every part is essential to the operation of it. Um, we all need each other and we need to work together. It's not about, there's no hierarchy, you know, there is authority, but that's very different from, you know, so I I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Well, let's go back to singular sensation. We kind of went off track, but you know what? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with taking a detour and, and taking a look at the sites. We get back on the, on the road. Um, (laughs) ADHD to the max. So I'm (laughs) all over the place. So you talked about going online for singular sensation. What was that like? I, we all experienced it. Um, what was your story behind that? How did you deal with that? Yeah. So we had we had just celebrated a year at Mandy's or at the 120 Diner, excuse me. Now we're at Mandy's Bistro. The same owner, Mandy Good Handy, took us in when we were orphaned. Um, bless her heart. Um, so I I think what we went online. People were asking. Actually, it was my friend Derek Chu. Was like, "So, what are you, what are you planning to do with the show?" And I was like, "What show? What are you talking about?" Like, I was like, "I don't know," because <laughs> it hadn't occurred to me to do it online. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were doing stuff online. I was like, "No, no, people are good. They've got 
stuff. But then other people had started kind of asking. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know. Because, because it was such a delicate situation, right? We were all kind of so fragile because we had all lost so much. And, and, you know, it was, for me, it was about riding that line between, you know, asking someone to sing a song from their basement. I know you should have been making your Stratford debut right now, but how about singing it from your childhood bedroom that you had to go, right? So, so <laughs> I, I, God, it feels like so long ago at this point. So I wasn't really sure. And I was kind of resistant to it. And then I was like, all right, let's see. So I, I started, uh, I looked at this software for StreamYard and tried to figure out how to make that work. And that was a long journey. Um, but then we sort of mixed between some special guests singing, some people chatting, because I was like, oh, you can't do an open mic the way you do live. It just doesn't translate, especially because we did one that was all signups and we wanted to sound check everyone to make sure it sounded good. And it took like three hours to sound check everybody. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I can't do that again. It's just, it's too much because you have to, you have to be mindful of your, of your mental health too. And you can't lead if you can't live. Right. So, so our first episode we brought, I was like, okay, cool. I've always wanted my own talk show. So let's see. And I brought on Derek Chua and Christopher Wilson and David Connolly, because they had all been, you know, really contributing a lot. David was doing his matinee to Z. Derek had been incredible with all of the Serb stuff, posting information and really guiding. He's like theater people and legal documents. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Chris was doing big girl and friends. So we had a few chats and some people came and sang and it was really cool because like we were getting people in the chat being like, that's my kid and he's stranded in Ontario and now we get to see him, which was very cool. Um, and then, and then the further we got, the more, you know, because we're in it for a couple of weeks. Okay. We're in it for a month. Okay. This thing's never going to end. So it was a constant, it was constantly just feeling out the situation and, and trying to work with where people were at um so we didn't have like a format format for a while and so I was just asking people I was like do you feel like you're in a place to do this do you want to just chat because I thought it was really important to be human about it um you know we talked to Bruce Dow who was like I don't really feel like singing I was like great let's chat yeah. because I feel like you know you're in your first year at Sheridan you're like what's happening you've got Bruce Dow who's been on Broadway in the same place. I think there's kind of a comfort in that. Yes. So sometimes we talked more than we had singers. And then it kind of turned into, we had different segments. We'd bring people on who were working on projects. We'd bring people on who, you know, we did some yoga, we did some mindfulness. And then we started airing, reaching out to my, my co-producer, Stefan Dixon, who's a choreographer, brought more dance in because I think dance is kind of overlooked we've got open mics for singing and play readings but dance like you've got dance class and that's kind of it so he really brought dance into it and we were able to share some projects from some choreographers from like LA and New York and across Canada and so we started finding sort of a format that was sort of a talk show with performances and then we started pre-recording them because I was like, I'm, I'm just trying to stay on time. And he would get so stressed out because I just keep talking because I was so into the conversation. So we really went through a lot of iterations and then things kind of started opening up and I was like, all right, I think we're good. 
and I think I, I was going back to the stage as well. So, uh, I was like, okay, I think our time is, is done. And we took a break, but, uh, it was a big learning experience. And I, I learned a lot as far as like video editing and graphic design, which I now do mm-hmm. for one of the companies I work for. Um, so I learned a lot, but it was just, it was, I was really proud of the humanity that we brought to it and that we really treated everyone with, you know, respect and mindfulness. And we let people participate at their own speed mm-hmm. without sort of expectation, which, which I feel like people associate with singular it's kind of a come as you are and that's more than enough um and I think that really translated in our work and we got to stay in contact with people and we would do pre-interviews and sometimes we'd chat for like two three hours Mm -hmm. and that was our sort of social time as well um so it was kind of brilliant it was and it kept me busy so I never felt bored um and I would you know I'd be at my kitchen table for seven hours and not even realize it um But yeah, that's kind of, it kind of all happened pretty organically, which was, you know, as inorganic as musical theater online is, but uh, I think we did some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And I've said it many times and everybody knows the pandemic was terrible and and, and hit everybody, but there's things that, you know, it was the great equalizer where, like you said, whether you're on Broadway or you're just starting, you're all in the same place trying to figure things out. And, you know, all the the skills you had to learn, which forced us to learn, because if honestly, if the pandemic didn't happen, we wouldn't have learned any of this stuff. So many editing for audio and video, and it brought the world together. We all started, like you said, choreographers in LA like I was doing interviews in in China and in England and things like that it brought the world together so the pandemic it's terrible it was helped us grow I think and and expand our what is theater musical theater yeah well and like it comes back again and we've got to find the wins and I think the pandemic was was really good for for me it really pulled me out of a lane that was too fast for my for what I was able to do Right. And I needed I needed that break. And I was able to focus on I think a lot of people were able to recognize that, oh, maybe I'm a little burnt out or maybe I need this time to rest or, oh, like we were we were given permission. I think we're so productivity Mm -hmm. driven that everyone got to just take a break for a second which I think a lot of people needed. I definitely did. And, and I was able to kind of focus on myself as a person um, and figure out who that was. Um, And so I I did a lot of really great personal work in that time. And yeah, I'll never say I was glad for it. I think that it's okay to find the good in even the worst situation. Um, because that's what keeps us moving forward. Otherwise it's like, you know, that traumatic scene in the never ending story. You can't, you can't sit or you'll sink. Um, for me anyway, I can't speak for anyone else. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was awful, but I think we, we all found, we found our way through in, in a way that in the ways that we could. For sure. So, so um, for a singular sensation, let's talk about uh, no offense to anybody, but the most, one of probably the most important person, the pianist, like the person at the piano is like, they are just incredible because people are walking up with sheet music and say, here, play this. And I know I remember being in college, I brought them not my problem from celebration and it's written mostly in the bass clef, 
but then it jumps around and they just looked at me and went, Mm. Oh, I'll see that. And I'll meet you at my audition for singing for um, Sheridan. I did the worst pies in London from Sweeney Todd. (laughs) Don't ask me. I was from a very small town and only knew Andrew Wood Weber until I had like a coach from the community theater in the next town. She's like, do this song. And they were, Michael Mulrooney was my accompanist. I remember and he was very tall and very intimidating. He's like, never bring this to an audition again. Like, oh my God, what did I do? So yeah. Yeah, I think we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. So so tell us a little bit about the pianists and who they might be and some of them you've worked with. Mm-hmm. So for the first seven years, it was Donovan Lenabic, um, who also played a Thursday night show. So he was there, he was like the guy at Statler's. And then the last couple of months before we left Statler's, we had uh, Justin McLean, who's done a lot of music directing at Hard House and a number of other companies. So when we moved to the diner, we took like a six month break because I, I needed a break. Um, I was like, why don't we bring in a different pianist every month? Mm. So then it's an opportunity. I mean, it's kind of kind of twofold. Uh, it's advantageous for me because it's a draw for people. Um, but also it's an opportunity for people to sing for these like accompanists who are also music directors, right? Because everybody, it's a, it's a spider web, right? Like everybody's sort of connected in one way or another. And, and if someone's casting something, it's like, oh, do you know someone who can kind of do this? And so by offering a different accompanist every month, people that would come to sing had an opportunity to work with different people who have different styles. So they were able to learn on the fly, which is great for auditions, because that's what it is. And I say to people, I say, come practice an audition song, film it for, you know, social media. It's a great opportunity to just get your shit on film and practice, bring an audition cut, do it. You don't have to pay for it and you get applause and support. Um, so we've had like, we've had Scott Christian, we've had um, Chris Ujiuchi. Uh, this month we have, so this month is special. So our show's on the 28th. It's also Mandy Goodhandy's birthday and Mandy owns the venue, the last two venues we've been in. And she has a, a duo called the lady and the rambler. And her accompanist is Mateo Chavez Lewis, who is also uh, an emerging Canadian musical theater composer. Uh, so they're doing the first half of the show and Mandy's co-hosting with me. And then the mm-hmm. second half, we have another new accompanist, uh, David Kingsmill, who people may know as, um, Rebecca Perry's, uh, other half. They have a duo together as well. Um, and he's a musician on his own right. Um, so they'll both be playing for the first time. Uh, who else has played with us? Oh my gosh, it's been so long since we were at the other place. <laughs> and I'm putting you on the spot and you know, you're going to, you're thinking, I'm going to forget somebody. I don't want to forget somebody. Oh, no, I'm I, going to. thank you to every man <laughs> to play for us. Um, but everybody's been, been great and we have fun. And, you know, I always kind of open the show with, with a song that's like an impressive party piece. So people are like, Ooh, that's really good. And then I act like a total idiot. I was like, I like to start, you know, I just want people to feel comfortable, yeah. you know? And when yeah. we had our first show after the pandemic, I was like, all right, let's be real. Raise your hand. If you feel anxious and a little nervous, everybody rose their hand, raised their hand. I was like, all right, look around. Okay. We're good. Okay, cool. So we just all sort of made this agreement to just, yeah. Let's just, let's just take it slow. Um, because that's the whole point of the show is to just come and it's not about, you know, being perfect. It's not an audition, mm-hmm. it's not a concert. It's just a, 
a chance to do what we love. So we've been, yeah, I've been very blessed with a lot of really great accompanists and, and they somehow managed to play everything. The interesting thing is, I think there's such a culture for open mics like that in New York. Yeah. So those pianists, like they don't even have music. They don't even need music. Like Joshua, who used to play at the Broadway sessions with um, Ben Cameron, like he, I was like, I have music. He's like, no, I'm good. I was like, excuse you? Like, he's <laughs> insane. Yeah. So, you know, someone like Chris Sujiuchi or, or Donovan, like they play so many things like this. They just, the Rolodex inside their head is. Yeah. But I, I do encourage people to bring your music because it's really good practice to give your music to an accompanist. Yes. Talk through it and communicate because it's a language that is essential to success in an audition. Yep. So while that's not an audition in itself, those are the skills that are going to transfer over when you do audition. And so if you get there, like, why not do something that's going to alleviate mm -hmm. nerves and anxiety yeah. down the road, right? Yeah. Um, and, and someone did that for Halloween. She dressed as Wednesday Adams, brought in a song from the Adams family. She's like, I have an audition next week. I was like, great, let's do it. Yeah. You know, and so she was able to go into her audition having done it all before. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree with you about bringing the music to the accompanist because I think some people forget that the accompanist is just as much of the audition process because you don't know. They could be, they have voices just as much. So, you know. It, and they're it, often the MD too or the yeah. assistant or the associate. Exactly. Or, and, and the directors, like I've, in the auditions I've done, I'm like, okay, so how is, what do you think? How is, yeah. how are they going to be to work with? Because yeah. how you are to work with can be just as important as what you can do as far as talent goes, right? Even out, um, even out to the hall, right? The people signing oh, up, like- you, you walk in the building. Exactly, but people forget know. that or don't don't know or whatever. Yeah, hot tip, people. The moment <laughs> you walk through the door, exactly. you're, it's it's your choice. It's, you know, Yeah. but because you, you never know. You don't know who the casting assistant yeah. is or who is, like, you don't know. This, um, so it just benefits to just be cool. Yeah. The musical theater world is so small, so big, but so small. Cause I've yeah. talked to people and they're like, oh yeah, I know this person in Finland. I'm like, wait, what? You know, like yeah. the connections yeah. are ridiculous. So True. yeah, that's another tip. Yeah, hmm. treat everybody nice. The only, the only rule we have at Singular is just don't be a jerk. Yeah. Be whatever you want. Be a zebra, be a person, be a Jeep. I don't care. Just don't be a jerk. Yeah. Be cool. Just be nice <laughs> and we'll get along fine. You know, Very it takes so much energy to be. <laughs> unpleasant it was the time so <laughs> give us the who what when where and how of the next singular sensation okay so the next singular sensation is monday november 28th we have a new earlier start time because jenny's getting old um no we're in a new <laughs> building and we have um there are like people that live above the bistro whereas the diner it was just an empty club so we start at eight o'clock now at mandy's bistro which is the old old nick Mm -hmm. And that's uh, one, two, three Danforth. So it's like just down the street and around the corner from Broadview Station, nice and accessible. Yeah. And uh, the doors open at 730. Sign up goes out around quarter to eight. Show starts at eight. And uh, it's pay what you can. Um, and, and we want you there more than we want your money. So don't, you know, I tell people if you're a little flush one month and not the next, like yeah. do what you can, right? I mean, Yes, it, it means that the pianist doesn't have to hitchhike home, but that's not actually their problem. So, yeah. you know, I just like to assure people like there's no there's no judgment around 
what you can give, right? We want you there more than we want your money. I mean, I, I like your money, but that's not why we want you there. Um, what else? And yeah, we have a full kitchen or service. We've got the bar open. Um, sign up. We've got two different acts. This, this next show, like I said, Mandy and I are going to co-host together. We may have a little duet in store and uh, there'll be some lady in the Rambler goodness as well. And then uh, other than that, it's just all open mic. It's party pieces. The next show, because it's Mandy's party. Yeah. And uh, I, th I think it's going to be fun. It's been interesting. We, we relaunched in March and then that was <laughs> the same time that COVID decided to mutate into that transformer, super contagious one. And we had a bit of an outbreak. We did everything we could. We did masks and mic covers and distance, all the things. And so that was a little traumatic. So we, I waited to do it again. So it's been, it's been a journey because we're still sort of in that gray area of, is it safe? Is it not? So everybody's welcome. Come at your own comfort. Um, but we're just you know, having a good time, easing back into it, no pressure, no expectation. And, uh, and we're, we're having fun. And this is our last show of 2022 because okay. December, we do the fourth Monday of the month now, which is different. Uh, it used to be the third. So the fourth Monday of December is boxing day. Um, and the venue is closed and, uh, I want holidays too. Yes. I want, I think people <laughs> need to take, we need to take breaks. We need to have rest. We need to have resting time. So, so I'm just saying I'm encouraging self-care <laughs> over the holidays. And then we'll be back in January. Very cool. And and how do they find out online? Is there a website or a place that they can find? We should have a website, shouldn't we? Um, we're on Facebook, Singular Sensation, a musical theater open mic parte. Okay. Um, we're also on Instagram at singular underscore sensation. I keep saying I'm gonna do TikTok. Uh, I, I like just, I'm just, yeah, I hear too, you. it's a little bit, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. but I made my first TikTok video a couple of days ago yeah. on my own account that I actually made for my mom's cat. Um, <laughs> maybe one day we'll have a TikTok. Anyone listening wants to run a TikTok, you're welcome to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook and we update what's going on and we, you know, film and share what people are doing. We share like audition calls, um, different notices. We give away tickets. This month we're giving away tickets to Alice in Wonderland at Soul Pepper. And we're going to be joined by some of the company members as guests as well. Um, so come for that. You could win tickets. I'm not above bribing people. <laughs> <laughs> we want to make theater accessible, right? So last month we gave away, uh, gave her pay with Blake and Clay uh with daniel krolik and we also gave away tickets to the buffy the vampire slayer mm. musical special that was happening at buddies and we gave away a gabby epstein vinyl so we uh it's worth it you could win stuff cool. if that motivates you <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't have music for the song you want like email us you can email us at singular sensation mondays at gmail.com and we will do what we can to get you on stage very cool very cool um yeah, who who knows when people will be listening to us? It could be in 2022, 23, 24. So, but we know it's every month for now. So fourth Monday of every month at Mandy's Bistro until you know well, it isn't. We're not. <laughs> well, it's somewhere like... else then. <laughs> yeah. In 13 yeah. years when they're still listening and you're still running it. Yeah. Welcome, singular. <laughs> I'm still oh. here. 
You're, you're doing all the the 70 girls 70 and, and all these oh no I gotta I'm already like I was like <laughs> it's, but that's and that's the thing too I'm like should am I being greedy keeping it for so long because it kind of gets handed around so it's like what that's something that I that's you know rolls around in my head every now and then it's like should I share it and give it away or keep it so that'll be the conundrum of 2023 that's 2023 <laughs> me's so stay oh. tuned, people. Yes, stay tuned. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, and Jenny, thank you so much uh, for uh, coming on and talking to us and introducing the listeners um, to Singular Sensation. And uh, mm. I'm going to try and come out on uh, Monday. And yes. I haven't been in, I don't remember a lot. First time I went, it was forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, and, and you're always welcome. And, and no one, and this is a thing. People are like, I'm sorry, I haven't come. I'm like, it's here for you when you can make it. And yeah. when you can't, we just hope you're doing well. And there's no apologies needed. No questions asked. We're just happy to see you. And that's the nice thing about theater is you, you do, when you do a show, you're intense, you're intense, you're intense. And you know, at the end, you're, you're going away, but you mm -hmm. know, you're going to end up back together at some point. Oh yes. Some. It never will let us go. No, it doesn't. So. <laughs> A lifelong um, membership. Exactly, exactly. Um, again, thank you so much, Jenny. And uh, I look forward to uh, attending. Look forward to having you. Awesome. All right. We were just speaking with Jenny Walls, uh, the host for now, who knows when <laughs> until, of Singular Sensation, the musical theater open mic party, which happens the fourth Monday of uh, every month here in Toronto. Uh, tune in next week as we'll be speaking with another guest or guests about their life, love, and passion. That is musical theater. I am your host as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.